Welcome to the Align Professional Podcast. My name is Danielle Kent, and I am a mom, wife, and private practice SLP and business owner. This podcast equips you, a professional in the education or therapy setting, to discover and hone in on your areas of interest to become a leader in your field. This podcast also encourages you to identify and create alignment in professional and personal worlds so you can live your best life. Listen in as we talk about all things alignment and leadership, including productivity, scheduling, communication, and so much more. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of the Align Professional Podcast. In this episode, I interviewed Vanita from Speechy Side Up, and I had such an amazing conversation with her, talking all things alignment and her sharing wisdom on the importance of realizing that sometimes it takes a little bit of work, a lot of steps, some of them which you might think originally are in the wrong direction, but a path that will eventually lead you to alignment. I hope this episode brings you hope, encouragement, and meets you right where you are. Have an amazing day. All right, Vanita Litvak, welcome to the Aligned Professional Podcast. I am so glad you are here today. I am so grateful to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Danielle. I am. It's for anybody, the backstory, Vanita, I actually had the pleasure of being on her podcast, Speechy Side Up, which um, plug, if you aren't listening, please go listen. It's an amazing podcast um, back in, Vanita, was it April, March, February? <laughs> it was definitely earlier this year. I know it's aired probably around then. Time, time um, is a different construct now. Um, yeah. But um, it, that was an honor. But before that, I had met with Vanita because I'm currently in the process of publishing a children's book um, and we had first connected through there. So to have you on the show today to talk more about your path towards alignment and what your career and personal and professional lives have looked like, um, I'm really excited for the audience to hear your story. Um, so I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing about you, um, your backstory, maybe when you graduated if that's pertinent and your kind of course to date and how you got to where you are. Sure. So I actually started off as a psychology undergrad and I had worked with at a applied behavior analysis company and had the opportunity to intern with their speech language pathologist. And I was like, wow, like I really like this. And I had the opportunity to intern at a psychologist's office and I hated it. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. And so I'm like, wow, like I went through all this schooling and this is not something that I want to do. What am I going to do now? And we're going to talk about this later about experience and how vital that is to finding alignment. But thankfully through working at the applied behavior analysis company and that internship with the SLP, I realized that this is what I really want to do. So I applied to graduate schools that took out of field applicants and thankfully got into the University of Central Florida, go Knights, and had a wonderful opportunity. I got to be a graduate assistant for an AAC professor. And that's where my passion for AAC started and developed. I had tons of exposure to AAC throughout grad school. I had the opportunity to present at ASHA, a couple poster presentations and participate in research projects. And then ever since then, you know, working in the field, I just chose positions that allowed me to become even more experienced in the field of AAC. Most recently, uh, working at the district level as an AAC specialist. However, I am pregnant, <laughs> which is very exciting. Yay! And so <laughs> I decided 
you know, if you work in the school system, you understand how hard it is to find somebody mid-year. So I didn't want to leave anybody hanging. Yes. And I have some other, you know, projects in the works. So just decided to let them find somebody that they could start from the beginning of the school year and myself being able to move on and, you know, spend time with my baby. Oh man, my, my heart just felt so happy. Like literally the whole time you were talking, I was just smi- like smiling ear to ear. Um, I want to just jargon, jargon bus quickly in case anybody is listening who are, isn't familiar with our field of SLP. Can you just explain AAC a little bit? You know, for SLPs, AAC specifically are tools, technology that help individuals to functionally communicate with the world around them. And, you know, that can be a piece of technology, like a high-tech communication device, an iPad with a communication app. It can be sign language. It can be gestures, facial expressions, picture exchange. So that, it kind of runs the whole gamut. Yes. Yes. Um, And I think one of the biggest things, again, for anybody not in our field, is that AAC is really a specialized area. I mean, there's so many components to it, and it's rich with information and, um, areas to consider. And so Vanita pursuing this area, there's a lot there to consider. There's a lot, there's a wealth of knowledge to kind of dive into and share. Um, You kind of dovetailed a little bit nicely. Um, One of the biggest questions that I like to ask on this podcast is what does alignment mean to you or how would you define alignment? That's such a good question. And at first, when I read this question at like 10 o'clock at night last night, I'm like, what does alignment mean? (laughs) But I think overall it means being happy and how you get there. If I had to simplify it, I like equations. I like when you're just kind of straightforward. So I figured it was when your skill set and the service that you're providing make you feel in control. So not only in control of your work, but in control of your home life and control of your emotions. So your skill set plus your service equals being in control. Yeah. And that feeling of control, take that a step further. What do you think that that means for us as people when we feel like we're kind of in control or what does it mean for you? Well, as a type three Enneagram, for anybody (laughs) that is not familiar with Enneagram, definitely take the test because you'll learn a lot about yourself. But I'm the type three, which is the achiever. And, you know, thankfully I have some other characteristics that don't (laughs) completely define my life as wanting to succeed. But being in control for me is having that counterbalance. So I know a lot of people talk about work-life balance. You know, is it achievable? Is it a myth? I think it's a myth. Um, But I've heard some really good schools of thought that talk about counterbalance. And that's where you can only manage three major things in your life. So for me, that's my work, my home life. And then for me, exercising, like just, you know, taking care of myself, that self-care piece. So none of those are going to be completely equal. You only have so much time in the day. So my work takes up a good portion of my day, right? I'm sure it does for most people, unless you're working like part-time. But when I was working full-time, that was taking up uh, like eight hours of my day, plus my driving home and whatnot. So when I came home, I had a little bit of time for my family and I had a little bit of time for that self-care. And now that I'm not going to be working, see how it's counterbalancing. I'm going to have more time for family. I'm going to have a little more time for self self care and that work is kind of taking the back seat and then you know and later on in life work will probably take precedence again and so on and so forth so when you can when you feel like all of that 
when you feel in control of that counterbalance, then I think that's where you feel aligned. Yes. I love, you know, as you're talking, Vanita, I'm thinking there's that, that knowledge already that you're already having as you're kind of going into motherhood is going to be so helpful for you as you kind of navigate the seasons of personal and professional lives. Um, there's an amazing book called managing the mother load that I'm going to send to you (laughs) or I'm going to get a copy. It's an amazing book. Um, and I really, I'm, I'm like recommended to all moms. I read it like a month or two ago, but it, but it incorporates a lot of those threads and then more. Um, so definitely, I'm the, all the points you just made. Yes. I think, um, alignment and pursuing that now before we, you know, we talked about on the podcast or on your podcast, had you thought a lot about alignment and how you were kind of settling into alignment? Did that ever come up to you directly or did you feel it indirectly? Um, meaning like, were you ever like, Oh, I feel like I'm really starting to line up with where I want to go. Or was that never really a, a conscious thought process? I think that it's like an ever evolving thought process. I think that you can feel aligned and then something really major happens in your life that throws off your counterbalance. Like last year, for instance, I was feeling so aligned. I felt like my purpose was aligning with my work. And then November came and I had all of these major life changes happening at once and all of these work changes happening at once where we had a shortage of SLPs. I had to take on an extra position. Uh, and then in my regular life, I threw SLP live, which was a huge success, but yes, it was, you know, a, a very unexpected turnout. It was a fantastic turnout, but I wasn't prepared for it. And so everything came kind of, and I also had uh, a major surgery around that time as well. And so my balance was completely thrown off. And actually I, ended up seeking help from a therapist because I was like, what is happening with my life? How do I get back into that alignment? Thankfully now everything seems to be feeling aligned again. And you know, that's because a lot of that stuff has gone off of my plate. And so we can talk about that a little bit more later too, um, when we're making suggestions for people when they're to discover their alignment. But yeah, I think it's an ever evolving process. Yes. And I think that, you know, the next part we're going to talk about is kind of how did you get into your current position and find your passion? You've already said that a little bit, but I want to just reiterate one thing you just said is that it's ever evolving. And I think that for people who think that alignment is a one and done, like, well, I thought this was going to be it. Um, I thought, I thought I finally found my passion and then something happened. And it's, that's, to me, that's how I've, I've kind of come to view life. Like you're, you're going to settle into something and you're going to feel really aligned and then maybe something's going to change a little bit and it's going to be up to you to re-identify. Am I still aligned or is it time to kind of kind of relook at what's going on and, and where I'm lining up with things? Yeah. So I really like that. I like that you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Is there anything, so you, you gave some great details in your intro about kind of how did you get into your current position or find your passion if you think about what, cause I think a lot of professionals and, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, just say therapists or just SLPs, but a lot of people get into a job and just say, well, it's good enough. Um, I, you know, it's okay. What was that point of like, I, sometimes I call it friction or, or like there's, there's gotta be, this isn't, I'm not really lining up with this. What was that point for you or how did you identify it? Well, it's a really good question. And I think that's why I started more self-reflection in my life because 
And, you know, I can't speak for people that aren't type three Enneagrams. I, I kind of envy them a little bit sometimes. <laughs> like you act, I actually wonder like, are they really happy? Are they really happy that this crappy situation is happening at work and they, you know, have a great job and they're just happy being in that position and having a solid retirement. Some people truly are, I think, but as a type three and the achiever, I always feel like there's something better that you can grow. And I think maybe deep down, a lot of people feel that way as well. Like you don't want to be stuck in one place your entire life. And I hope that people don't realize that too late, you know, too late in life. Um, but I had, I've been through a lot of jobs since I graduated. And like I said, I was a psychology major and then I was an SLP major. And when I graduated, I worked at a school for autism first, and then I worked at a private practice. And then I worked at an AAC device company. And then I worked at the district level as an AAC specialist, all really great jobs. But I did not feel like that was what I was meant to be doing forever. And so just, I would say like in the past three years, I started like thinking, wow, there's something really wrong with me. How are like people, my friends, SLP friends, so happy and still in the same job. And yet I've been through four already, you know, it's yeah. been what, like yes. six years. Is there something wrong with me? Why do I keep changing? That's kind of why I actually started going to the therapist for my very first time in November, because I was feeling so miserable. And I was like, I don't want to be complaining in front of the people around me anymore. I want to like figure out, is it me or is it the situation? And you know, I found out it was a situation when it all was said and done. Yeah. Um, what really stuck out to me at that time too is, um, you know, never quit on a bad day. And I truly believe that because even when, you know, I decided to take off at the end of this year and, you know, I felt really good about the decision, but nothing was bad. Nothing had bad had happened in a really long time. Everything was going really well at um, my job. And so I knew it was the right decision. And I know like I'm in a really good place now with where I'm going forward. But I would say when I was or kind of diving into that self-reflection uh, process, I was starting to listen to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of books or listen to a lot of books on Audible and just take care of myself more. And for instance, not only did I want to be, you know, an SLP and an AAC specialist, but like you mentioned earlier, Danielle, we talked about book writing because when I was uh, working at that school for autism, my SLP friend and I decided we were going to write a book series and it ended up getting published, which we were like, this is it. Like we are going to be these <laughs> famous authors and we, hit it. we got it. <laughs> we did it. And lo and behold, that's not the case. Um, we did help a lot of people. The books were geared towards children with our families of children with autism. They were written in kind of a social story format, but still like creative so that kids didn't have to rely on like a paper printout of a social story. And that was really exciting. And then I was like, well, I don't, I want to be an entrepreneur and we can talk about that, like how I made, came to that decision later. I want to be an entrepreneur. So either I'm going to be an author and write books for the rest of my life, but that might not be very lucrative. And I don't know how I could support a family that way. So maybe I want to be a publisher. And I thought, okay, I want to be a publisher. Um, thankfully, I had the opportunity to go to a very popular publishing house in the field of speech language pathology. I won't name them, but I had the opportunity to go. And when I got there, Danielle, 
I just, I kind of felt really disappointed. It was just this beautiful publishing house, like so amazing what this person had accomplished, what this SLP had accomplished. But I felt like this is not what I want to do. This is like not what I want to do. So what, what do you do when the thing that you thought you were meant to do, and that was going to be your next step in life does not feel right. You can't push that, you know, what was I going to do now? Like, keep trying to pursue becoming a publisher when I knew that was not like what I was being called to do. And I feel like it was the same thing as when I went to intern for the psychologist. Like, I'm so glad that I had those, those two experiences because imagine how much time and energy I would have put into those and wasted my time, you know? Yes. Yes. So, you know, I started again, like doing more self-reflection and finally came to the conclusion that what matters a lot to me is having freedom of my time and freedom to be creative. And I feel like those don't align well with a, a traditional, like a traditional brick and mortar kind of setting because freedom of, you know, time and space, space was another one for me too. My husband, we travel a lot, his business is in Hong Kong. So having, you know, a private practice, with a storefront is not going to be functional if we have to travel for his business. Um, and having a publishing house wouldn't be conducive for that either. So then I started just really like exploring, well, what could be, what could still fit the field of speech language pathology, but allow me to work from anywhere and be my own boss and be creative. And so we can talk about that a little bit later, but yeah, that's basically how I got into my current position and finding my passion. Okay, so you just gave so much good information and, and I like was writing it down really, really quickly. And I want to just loop back. So first of all, you've talked about, you know, supporting mental health, all, all the high fives around for that. I think it, for our audience, for anybody listening, I don't think that could be supported enough for the therapy world, um, meaning SLPs, PT, PTs, OTs, taking care of your mental health as a key priority, given that we do very intensive work with people. And so just making sure like that, um, is highlighted that mental health and all of this as you're kind of seeking alignment. I feel like it might bring up uncomfortable feelings or, or thoughts or some different trains of you know, patterns of thinking. And so oftentimes seeking the support of somebody to, to help you with that process can be really helpful. Yes, definitely. Especially if you're feeling guilt, you, it's okay. It's important to have somebody on the outside with an unbiased opinion to guide you in the right direction. Yes. There's a, there's a book called maybe you should talk to someone, um, by Lori. I think it's Lori Gottlieb. Uh, I'm, I'll link all these books, but it's, it's really interesting read. It's written by a therapist and she kind of writes about her experiences and about how therapy can be holding up a mirror for us to see things that we might not be able to see ourselves or identify. Um, but I just reiterating that super important. You also said don't quit on a bad day. Um, and I love that my daughter, Maddie, um, last year she was doing gymnastics and she had a bad day and she's like, I want to quit. And I said, you know what, you, you know, if you decide, I, I want you to go back a couple more times. If you decide it's still not the right fit for you, then that's okay. But if you quit on a bad day, you never get to work through things or get the chance. Um, but also like identifying that line of don't quit on a bad day, but also make sure you don't stay stuck in a bad position if you, if you are in one. And I think you highlighted that, um, 
there's two things, self-reflection and self-care um, that you also brought up. And it's two things that I don't, and I'd be interested in your thoughts that I don't think are often highlighted as really important in our field. Specifically, I'm talking about SLP because I can't really speak for PT and OT. Um, but I don't feel like those are two things um, that are really given concrete enough ideas on how to do that or supported enough in the hierarchical structures that are already existing. Um, and I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, especially pertinent to our field of SLP about self-reflection and self-care about what that's like in our field specifically in terms of how much it's talked about or supported or actually, actually concrete ideas for what we can do to support those areas. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think in general, those topics are taboo. Yes. And I think because we are, you know, primarily a female dominated field, yes. it's okay to talk about those things more in our field, in the education field, which, you know, it, it can kind of go both ways because, you know, men need to self-reflect and practice self-care as well. And you don't have to have this strong facade up um, to, you know, talk about those things, but they're so important. And I wish, I wish someone, my CF super or my supervisor in grad school, my clinical supervisor, my CF supervisor would have talked about those more because I did not take care of myself in starting in grad school. I don't know how you were in grad school, but you know, a lot of people didn't take care of themselves. I, I wasn't working out. I was working on projects for 12 hours a day, not coming home until like eight o'clock at night. I wasn't a great uh, partner at the time. We were not married, but I wasn't a, a great partner because I was super stressed all the time. Yes. I was getting like physical therapy because I didn't realize I was sitting so much. So I was, you know, harming the nerves in my back and my neck. And now, you know, working out every day, doing a gratitude journal, meditating, it's like you have to have that good foundation before you can deal with the hard things the rest of the day. Yes, so yeah. I think it should start at, should start with parenting, but, you know, from an SLP perspective, should start in grad school and, you know, supervisors talking about that would be a really great, um, a really great start. You know, thankfully we do have social media nowadays and I do see a lot of students starting to follow people on social media, engage with people on social media. So hopefully they're picking up that self-care piece as well. Yes. Yes. Um, and then the last thing you said that I think kind of segues nicely into the steps that are important to discovering alignment is you'd kind of talked about identifying key priorities. Um, and so sometimes I, I recommend the sticky note method when, when younger SLPs and by younger, I mean like newer in the field, SLPs are just kind of feeling sort of like they're struggling and lost. I'll say like, I want you to write down everything you're doing on sticky notes, separate sticky notes. And then you're going to separate into columns, like, like it, love it, like, don't really like it at all. And I said, just be honest, go with your gut instinct. And it just helps them identify like, what are they doing that they like? And what are they doing that they don't like? But I want you to talk a little bit more about the steps that you think are important for discovering alignment. Yeah. Well, I talked a little bit of before about experience. Yeah. I think that is vital. I think that is like the number one thing people should be considering to find out what their passion is, feel more aligned, because you don't know unless you try it. And unfortunately, that's not always possible with a job, right? And that's why, you know, 
you don't really get to try a job and then <laughs> decide, okay, this isn't working for me. They give you a trial period, usually 30, 60 days, but it's not, it doesn't really go both ways. So if you can, I highly, highly, highly recommend shadowing an SLP or a professional or interning at the place of work that you are looking into beforehand to know if it's going to be the best fit. The two opportunities that I had to do that, the psychology internship, and then going to that publishing house, I realized like that is not what I want to do. And maybe if I had the opportunity to do that with some of my other positions, I would have learned very quickly, like that wasn't going to be a good fit either. However, I never regret anything. I think all of those experiences led to where I am today. So I'm very happy with those experiences and I don't regret them, like I said, but you know, definitely try to get experience ahead of time to know what you are passionate about. Um, another thing is that I think when you're stuck in the mud, it's really hard to see where you're going and decide at that point in time, like, this is what I enjoy. This is what I don't enjoy because everything feels really important at that time. You know, especially when you're have, you're overwhelmed, it's, you kind of put yourself in that place because you feel like everything was important. Um, so I like to envision what I, my life looks like 10 years from now. And I can't take credit from this. I learned this from Rachel Hollis, but if you can envision what your life is going to be like in 10 years and be extremely specific about it. Like for me personally, like we talked about location freedom, I would like to be able to be anywhere in 10 years. Like, you know, on the drop of a dime, we could go travel to California or, or New York and I could still be working. Um, I'd like to, you know, have the freedom of owning my own business and, um, enjoying, you know, some luxuries, which we don't have to get into here because that's everyone's personal preference. But, you know, I have my own dreams as well. So when I envision those things, it's very easy to weed out the things that I'm doing now that don't align with that vision in 10 years. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. I'm curious um, if you, have you ever had the shiny thing phenomenon where something looks really great up front and you get really attracted immediately? Um, you're like, oh, this looks like it could be awesome. And you just go for it. I know that's something I've, I like that 10 year philosophy that you're talking about is helpful. Cause it's, that stops me from the shiny following the shiny thing phenomenon where it reminds me like, Ooh, this looks like a great opportunity. And it also doesn't line up with my 10 year path or my future path. So I can say, I can say no to it right now. 100%. I was actually going to talk about that, but I like the analogy that you use the shiny thing that makes so much more sense than what I was going to say. Because yeah, there's a lot of, especially being a type three Enneagram, getting a doctorate sounds really great. So, <laughs> but good. Like, so great. Yeah. So great. Right. But it's just like, that's the title. But what does the title mean for the life that I envision in 10 years? Nothing. And I've just paid off my school loans. Do I really want to go and do that again? No. Hey, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, things like that, like getting a doctorate or just, you know, simple opportunities that come up here and there. It's really easy to say no to those if they don't align with the vision that you have like 10 years from now. Yes. And I think one thing my business coach told me is to sit, to sit on things. Like I'm a fast mover. So if I have a, if I have a task, I, I tend to move quickly. Like I just like to like get it done and checking it off. But one of my things, um, as I've kind of pursued alignment is to sit on things. Like if, if I'm presented with an opportunity to, to sit on it for 48, 72, whatever, how many hours to really think it through and reassess, like, is this really in line with where I want to go? And that, 
that alone has um, slowed me down enough to to take stock of, is this really in line with where I want to go? Or is this something that just looks really appealing upfront? That's such a good tip. And I would say that that applies to the workplace as well. When someone asks you to do something at your workplace, you don't have to give them a yes or no answer right then. I've learned through you know, listening to other people that you could say, can I get back to you on that? And that was so powerful because that allowed me to sit on those thoughts and ideas and you know, formulate a good response. So when I did decide to reply, because most of the time when I was saying, can I get back to you on that? It was a no, but I didn't want it to come off as like a hard no. I wanted it to be like, no, and, and this is why, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, so good, so good. Um, so many good set recommendations for discovering alignment, you know, considering your experience, looking at the 10 years. Um, the last, you know, big organized question I have is what would you tell a new grad or someone who's struggling to find their passion or alignment in the field? Such a good question. And we kind of touched on it a little bit, but I would say the first thing is to write down your values. So what does that even mean? Right. <laughs> Especially when you're younger, you're like, uh, what are my values? But I found out through like self-reflection that I really value helping others. And I think that can be shown, you know, one, being a therapist, but two, providing a free podcast to SLPs, um, providing them with information. So I value helping others, um, not taking no for an answer. I know that, and I, I really, it really irks me when someone's like, no, and then they don't provide a solution. I'm always, there's always a solution in my mind. So I value um, just kind of, you know, working past those barriers. And then I value, I've talked about this a lot, um, freedom of time, freedom of location, and freedom to be creative. So, you know, in some of the positions that I've had, those were not possible. And they didn't really align with like the traditional job setting where you're, you're expected to be somewhere at a specific time and follow the rules, even if they're not for the best for the client. And so that didn't really sit well with me in a lot of the positions that I had. And that's where I decided, you know, eventually, like, I just need to be an entrepreneur. My dad's an entrepreneur. My husband's an entrepreneur. Um, his family, they're all entrepreneurs. And so as scary as it was, like, kind of going out on my own, this is like the first time I'm doing that ever. I need to take that leap because my values align better with that than the traditional job settings that I've been in. So write down your values, write down what's really important to you and um, think about how that aligns with your passion and, and what you're doing. And I would say also know your strengths. So are you a creative person? If you are creative, you know, think about how you can express that creativity. Is it making resources, selling on teachers, pay teachers, writing a book? If you love your job, you know, can you create things for your job? What, maybe it's like a new protocol or maybe it's a resource that all of the SLPs or educators share at your job. So think about that. And then, um, or are you a people person? Maybe in that case, you would strive for a leadership position. So, you know, I value entrepreneurship, but there's certainly ways that you can take your strengths and make your job work for you. And then, um, you know, envisioning, like I said, envisioning what your life looks like 10 years from now, but then getting very specific, um, because it gives you a very clear answer of what you need to be doing now and what you need to be staying away from the, the shiny objects that Danielle mentioned. Yes. And then lastly, taking care of yourself, 
is so important. Um, finding a routine that works for you and, you know, taking baby steps because I don't know, Danielle, like for you, how long it took to establish a routine, but I would say it took me a good year. Surprisingly. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't jump into the pool when it's freezing cold and expect that everything's going to go smoothly. Your body's going to be in a little bit of shock. So take the step into the cold pool, you know, one step at a time. So for me, it was like getting, uh, or first it was going to bed earlier and then it was waking up a little bit earlier. And then it was uh, working out. Once I was able to do each one of those steps, um, those short-term goals <laughs> for any therapist out there that makes a little more sense. Once I was able to establish those short-term goals first, then I could work on the next goal and then the next goal until I achieve my long-term goal, which is, you know, having a morning routine and establishing like that self-care routine. And um, I guess the last thing I would suggest is riding the waves and taking when you're not on the high part of the wave, when you're kind of on the lull and the limbo phase, which is a really hard space to be in, to not know where you're going, when you're going up um, or where you're going next, just take those phases as a time to pro uh, practice that self-reflection. Um, and if you're serving people, like if you are an entrepreneur and you have clients or you're a speech language pathologist or an educator and you know, you're serving students or clients, think about what their needs are and how you can help them better. That helped me so much in this latest lull, I would say, because I didn't know what I was doing. I was very overwhelmed and I didn't know where my next, when my next up would be, right? Where I was going. Yeah. And so I surveyed my audience about what they needed. And lo and behold, it was nothing that I thought about. It was actually to make boom cards, which I had never done before. And I was like, okay, I guess we're making AAC boom cards for this month. We're going to figure out how that works. And it really helped in a big way because I knew that I was doing the, that for a purpose. I wasn't just working on a project because it was something I wanted to work on. It was, I was working on a project because it was something that somebody else really needed. And that helped to fuel that passion to get it done, to provide it. And um, it was really meaningful. So definitely don't think about what your needs are always. Think about like how you are serving like other people and it'll make your life much more fulfilling and meaningful. Yes. The, there's a book by Ra, Ra Goddess called The Calling. So good. It, it really lines up with that. It's, you know, she, she delivers this phenomenal, it's on Audible. It's, she, she delivers a phenomenal audio, 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 audio book. I struggled with that word. And then it, I haven't gotten the paper copy, but I think I might. Um, but it's all about strength, staying true to your core values and then, you know, working that into what people need as well. Um, and so that's awesome. That's great. I love her. I heard her on uh, Jenna Kutcher's podcast, so I'll have to listen to the book. Oh, yeah. so good. I think you would love it. I think you would love it. She delivers such a phenomenal book. Um, awesome. So many good tips. Vanita, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap up today? No, just I hope that you, I hope that people are, you know, give themselves grace and uh, again, ride those waves and just take it, you know, be express gratitude when things are going really well and then just be graceful with yourself when you know you're in that stage where you're not really sure where the next step is but thank you so much for having me danielle that's good tips thanks so much for being on vanita awesome
I'm over here giving you a high five or a hug if you're a hugger. And a big thanks for listening to another episode of the Align Professional Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to take a screenshot and share it on social media. You can tag me at the Align Professional or at Miss Danielle Kent. Hey, it's me on Instagram so I can see it and share it. I am Danielle Kent on Facebook. I really appreciate you choosing to spend time listening to my podcast, and I really hope you found this episode valuable. I'll see you next week for another episode of The Align Professional.